This is a gorgeous winter morning, right? Praise the Lord, you know. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day and everything that you bless us with. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and worship you. We thank you for the many, many things, the evidences of your grace in all of our lives that often we fail to recognize. Lord, we lift up particularly those we have named who need healing. We know that you are the great physician. We ask that you would touch them and heal them. We ask that you would comfort those who have recently lost loved ones. We ask that you would watch over those who are still traveling away from us and on their return home. Lord, we lift up those anywhere in the world where there is violence. We ask that they would learn to live in peace and harmony. We lift up the leaders of our nation and all the nations of the world that they would seek and do your will. Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and our understanding as your scriptures proclaim this morning that we would absorb your word and not just listen, but put it into practice in all of our activities. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we may be your light in this world as your Son was. And now we pray in his name saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, your homework for this month, Psalm 33, Psalm 33 verse 5 says what? The world is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The word is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. And I have mentioned to y'all before my fascination with radio. I love radio. I think radio is one of the neatest things that ever came up. Now, you know, we can still debate over, uh, you know, whether it was Marconi or Tesla that came up with it first. But however it came up first, it's here and and part of God's creation. And, And the reason I think that I am so fascinated by it, or one of the reasons is, is because to me it is such a good analogy for God and God's kingdom. You see, if I were to take a radio and bring it up here and went through the dial, right, I could tune in all sorts of stuff. 
And all that stuff is here right now, right? And none of us see it. None of us see it. But if we tune into it, we can listen to it, right? Now, I brought for show and tell this morning, you know, I love show and tell, an electron tube. And it says right on there, RCA. You know, I can, I can see the dog leaning over to the, to, to, the, uh, to the speaker there, you know. It says, the most trusted name in electronics. Now, most of you are old enough to remember these sort of things, but, mo- but many of you didn't actually work with them like I did in a former life. It says right on there, an electron tube, all right? Or as our brothers and sisters across the pond say, this is an electron valve because you have control electrons with it, right? Or at least we give ourselves the illusion that we're controlling electrons with it. When I was growing up, and many of you were growing up, it was, you know, things like this that allowed radios to work before we had transistors. And again, those are blasé, right? Nobody talks about transistors anymore. We have integrated circuits and and, uh, all sorts of neat stuff, which again, as we were talking last week, talking about creation, it's the beginning of a year, and we're going to be talking some more about creation and new creations this morning, right? Everything that man makes is temporary. It changes, you know? You find, you'll find very few tube radios in operation these days. You find very few transistor radios, for that matter. I guess we could push it and say... We're find, you find less and less radios in general, right, than in former times. But everything God creates is what? It's good, and it lasts forever. It lasts forever, including if we decide to, we can have forever life with God, and it's a free gift. Our Scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's second letter to the people at Corinth. Corinth was a pretty, pretty big, pretty rotten Greek city. It comes from chapter 5, starting with verse 11. Consider the word of the Lord. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God. And I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves again to you, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. 
and he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So, as am, so we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sent Jesus to reconcile us to the Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. All right. Well, Paul says here to the Corinthians that if any of us are in Christ, we are a new creation, a new creation. And he lists some things here that those of us who are new creations ought to be about, the business of what we ought to be doing. And the first one is, he says, we try to persuade others. We try to persuade others about the good news, about the truth that God has given us. To convince somebody is to persuade them in a way. But again, it all goes back to whether or not we put what we are convinced of into practice, right? whether we really put it into practice. Behavior is the child of belief. And again, y'all have heard me say it, and you'll, you know, you'll get tired of it. I'll say it again. Probably hear me say it again. What we do demonstrates what we really believe. If we believe something, then we act accordingly. Just like with the radio, right? I believe if I get in my car and I punch the AM button on my radio and I punch the number six, that it's going to tune in to a particular radio station, right? I believe that. And every time I do that, I believe that that particular station is going to come on. 
I would be freaked out if I pushed that number six and I got some radio station in Poughkeepsie, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to think. I believe when I hit that button, I'm going to get a certain radio station in San Antonio, Texas. And so it is with everything we do in life. Saying something's one thing, but acting upon it is something else altogether. And when we persuade somebody, we persuade them to action. They take action. That's what it's about, you know. There's a great, great song, right? It was written by Billy Sherrill and Glenn Sutton. And David Houston recorded it in April of 1966. Almost Persuaded. Are any of you familiar with that song? It's a great song. You should, go, you should go listen to it if you don't know about it. The guy, David, sings the song. You know, he was almost persuaded, but he wasn't persuaded. Or as John Wesley says sometimes, you know, he was an almost Christian. So Paul's saying here, we try to persuade people. And if we're successful in persuading people about the truth of the kingdom of God, then they, they do act on it. People who are new creations because of what God has done, right? Not because of anything we have done, but because of what God has done through Jesus. People who are new creations try to persuade others for him who died and was raised for them. Then Paul goes on to say, we don't look at people anymore from a human point of view. From a human point of view, right? We look at them, hopefully, the way God looks at us, right? Through a spiritual point of view, through the Spirit. John 4.24, Jesus talking to the woman at the well in, in, in Samaria, says what? God is Spirit. And those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, like those radio waves that are going through the ether. And uh, have any of y'all kept up with the experiments lately on whether or not the ether exists? That's another sermon. But, uh, but those radio waves that are going through the ether are like God in a way. You know, You can't see them. But they're there. And if you've got the proper equipment, and God has given us all the proper equipment, you can tune God in and listen to God and see what's going on. You know, we just celebrated Christmas. And there's a great example of how God works in the world. And it's not necessarily through those of us who call ourselves Christians although more of it probably should be done that way, God works in whatever means God needs to to accomplish God's purposes. Now, we just, like I say, we just read, we got, we, you know, we're, well, we're, we're still technically in the, the end of Christmas season here with Epiphany. You know, we could split hairs whether last Sunday was Epiphany Sunday or this Sunday, but, you know, I don't care. It's all made up anyway because Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December, 
most likely. I mean, I don't know that for a fact. I don't know when Jesus was born, but most likely it wasn't on the 25th of December that, that he was born. But what got Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem in the first place? Tells us in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, right? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, right? So, to fulfill the prophecies that were in the Old Testament about the Messiah being born in Bethlehem, God used a pagan emperor to pass a law which precipitated Mary and Joseph being in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. So, you never know what's floating around in the air, right, that you can't see. And sometimes we make mistakes because we judge by what we see instead of what's really going on. Right. Again, we're, remind, we're reminded in Ephesians 6.12, what? This has to do with not seeing people like people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But against powers and principalities and spirits in the air, right? Those are the things we wrestle against. So a new creation in Christ knows that we don't look at others from a human perspective. We look at them from a spiritual perspective because of him who died and was raised for them. Paul goes on to say that, and this may be, this may be the, uh, the toughest thing for any of us to do on a consistent basis. Paul reminds us what? We're ambassadors. We are ambassadors for God to reconcile the world to him. And most of us don't, I don't think, sadly, I mean, I certainly don't, think of myself as an ambassador all the time, but I ought to. But I ought to. And how do we reconcile the world to God and Christ? Actually, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a misstatement. God reconciled the world to God's self through the work of Jesus Christ, the one who died and was raised for the rest of us. But we are called to take part in the work of spreading that news to others, spreading the news of reconciliation. I think one of the main things that we need to do that often we fall short on is being peacemakers. It's being peacemakers. Reconciliation has to do with restoring harmony in an estranged relationship, right? I mean, that's, that's what reconciliation really is. Humanity had an estranged relationship with God, and God sent Jesus to reconcile us. The Mennonite Central Committee, you know, you know, most of y'all that know me know, I read, I read publications from all sorts of other Christian denominations. You know, I'm a, my particular brand of Christianity is Methodism, but 
I listen to others and I read others. In 2006, the Mennonite Central Committee started a project in Zambia in three schools, in three schools in Zambia. And what they did was they started peace clubs. That's what they called them. They called them peace clubs. Well, recently, there was a man released from prison in Zambia. He had been put in prison on the testimony of his neighbor. And he spent quite a bit of time at first stewing on how he was going to get even, right? You know? If any of you are thinking about getting even, forget it. Read Romans 12. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? You know? We're supposed to return good for evil, not evil for evil. But in any case, this particular man hadn't come to that realization yet. And when he was in prison in Zambia, he saw some people wearing these little lapel pins, or I guess they weren't lapels. I don't think they had coats on, but these little pins on their shirts of a particular kind of tree there, uh, a baobab tree in uh, Zambia. And he inquired what that was all about. And they said they were members of a peace club, members of a peace club. So he got interested in it and became a member. And because of his activity in the peace club, he forgave the lady that got him put in prison. Now, you all know I do prison ministry, so I've got, I got a gazillion stories like this. But what I, thought, what I thought was particularly interesting about this and what caught my attention was it shows how we can do something that's pretty simple. We can start out some person. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty meager project. They start peace clubs in three schools. Today there are peace clubs in 436 different locations in 12 countries around the world. And the important thing is, is much like Adult Teen Challenge, I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there this morning, they're changing people's lives. They're changing people's lives. They are transforming people and making new creations like Paul talks about here. They are being ambassadors for God. Now, what, what does an ambassador do? Most of the time... Now, there, there are a few exceptions, but most of the time, if you are an ambassador to some place, you speak a different language, right? Like I said, most of the time. Clearly, the, the uh, ambassador from Great Britain to the United States and vice versa more or less speak the same language. But often, let's say, for example, one of us were an ambassador to Zambia, then we would speak a different language than the Zambians speak, right? And most ambassadors speak a different language from the country that they are going to to be an ambassador for. We as new creations in Christ ought to speak differently too than the rest of the world around us. We ought to sound different. We shouldn't try and blend in. We shouldn't try and, and, and affront people either, but people should be able to tell from the way we talk and the way we present ourselves 
that we're representing a different kingdom, not the kingdom of the world. Ambassadors also do that. That's what they're supposed to do. They represent their countries. They talk about their countries, right? They talk up the place that they come from. And again, we all know that our true citizenship is not here. It's in heaven. That's where our true citizenship is. That's where our eternal citizenship is. And ambassadors do that. Ambassadors talk about their countries. They talk differently. And they're always representatives of their countries. And that's what new creations do for him who died and was raised for them. So this morning as we leave here and we go about our task, I want you to remember radios and electron valves and that sort of thing. And I want you to tune in to God. Tune in to God and be an ambassador for him who died and was raised for us. Amen? Now go in peace. And as you go, remember, you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And as you do that, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.